podcast when the month has five thursdays we add a bonus episode on the fifth thursday of the month so thank you for joining us today again it's act like men men's leadership podcast it's a podcast designed to be a resource to pastors and men's ministry leaders as they build out an engaging ministry with their men And we do this because we firmly believe that every man deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God. Act Like Men podcast is sponsored by Men's Ministry Catalyst, a ministry in its 41st year designed to do exactly what we just said. Good day, everyone. My name is Wendell Morton. I'm the Executive Director of Men's Ministry Catalyst. It's so good to have you here today. You are the reason we exist. I also want to introduce you to my co-host, Dale Udy, who you hear time and time again. Dale, thank you for being here today, and thank you for your commitment to this ministry. It's always great to be with you, Wendell, too. We hit some wonderful topics that I think speak into the lives of men each time we do this, and today is absolutely no exception. We have Dr. Jim Grassi, the founder of Men's Ministry Catalyst. Forty-plus years ago, Jim began this journey in teaching and training and equipping men to truly be the men that God's called them to be. And we've got him with us today. What a wonderful tribute. Dr. Grassi, glad you're with us. Welcome. Oh, it's great to be with you, too. I enjoy both of you and, and uh, have enjoyed your excellent work on the podcast. Well, appreciate that. Today, Dr. Grassi, we're going to be talking about your 18th book that you've written. A little bit kind of a unique flavor to it. And we're going to have you kind of break that down. Let's begin. The name of the book is called The Great Shepherd. Why don't you just kind of give us a little insight where your heart was as you gathered your thoughts and and then uh, began to uh, write this book? Why The Great Shepherd? Well, we see Jesus identified himself as uh, that expected good shepherd in John 10, 14. He also called himself the great shepherd uh, in Hebrews uh, 13, 20. The author there identifies him as a great shepherd. And even in first Peter, uh, we see uh, him identified as a chief shepherd. So mm. we see mm. him identified in various ways in scripture. Certainly in Isaiah, uh, we see that uh, there was the prophecy of this shepherd coming. And as you know, Dale, uh, we're we're in a uh, a difficult time in this country. There's many people as chaplains. We both see people uh, oftentimes in uh, great need and going through tremendous pain and suffering. Uh, the pandemic uh, was probably uh, a, a touchstone for me on putting together this book because I saw so many people uh, that uh, were coming to me for counseling for fear, anxiety issues, uh, issues dealing with loneliness and whatnot. And I kept going back to that Psalm 23 Mm -hmm. that reminds us that the Lord is our shepherd. And Mm -hmm. um, I thought it would be interesting to take a a little journey and going back on that 
there's been a couple of good books written in that in the past, but I thought a new look at the uh, the whole scripture would be an interesting uh, concept. Now, Jim, the subtitle, the title, as Dale and both you mentioned, is The Great Shepherd. The subtitle is A Psalm of Calm in a Time of Chaos. Right. I think you alluded to the reason for that, but do you, you want to go any further with that? Yeah, I, I think that we're seeing a lot of tension in this country and within the church itself. And it's kind of interesting. Dale knows this as a chaplain, uh, a hospice chaplain in hospitals. You see in hospitals and mortuaries, uh, uh, people oftentimes in the illness, uh, prisoners, sailors, soldiers, embracing these words uh, as they endure hardships and hard times mm. as they prepare for battle. Mm -hmm. uh, for the frightened and discouraged, these words, I think, have helped them find hope in a hopeless environment. And we're certainly in that in this country today. And, uh, and so, you know, as we lean upon these words that David uh, penned, and interestingly enough, he penned these at the end, near the end of his life, we believe. Uh, he was reflecting as a wise uh, uh, prophet, if you will, and, and student of God's word, and a person with some experience, and being a shepherd himself. And uh, to me, Psalms 23 was written by a shepherd who became a king to reclaim the king that is God, who became a shepherd or Lord. And uh, good. David describes a sense of adequacy, I think, and confidence as his life was rooted uh, really in a relationship with the Lord as his shepherd. And so this psalm was a reflection in my mind of a mature man that had been through numerous trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. uh, there, it, it's... Uh, not a prayer or a petition or a protest, just a statement in my mind of God's sufficiency. You know, Jim, Jim, you're making a great point here that oftentimes, again, when people are under stress or in battles or facing the, the ultimate giants of their life, <clears throat> excuse me, they're looking for some aspect that they can anchor their life around and they can find that that anchor point, if you will. And I think Psalm 23 has been that for Christians for many, many years. And it, it's always amazed me that we're talking about Jesus who would come in a thousand years, you know, after David wrote this. David obviously had an audience. You've had an audience. And obviously you're speaking into the hearts of men and women, too, that will be reading this book, trying to bring that sense of stability in a time where everything seems like, and again, to use your word, a time of chaos. Um, could I just ask this question though? What uh, what's a, what's a main takeaway for the average person that's going to be reading this book? What's what's something that they're going to latch onto? What do you think the, the the important part of your work is going to that's going to stick with them? I think uh, it's going to be the uh, idea that uh, by understanding uh, the role of a shepherd of sheep. 
uh, how that really does parallel uh, Christ's role in our life as a shepherd of us. And, uh, you know, I am not a big rancher or anything. I, I had some sheep. Uh, as a little kid, I grew up on a, uh, a periodically visiting my uncle's farm that had sheep and uh, learned that you're not supposed to get on them as a little kid and try to ride them. <laughs> well, they do it at the rodeos. Come on. Yeah, I, I was trying to be Cowboy Bill, and my uncle <laughs> would chew me out regularly for trying to either roll uh, or ride him. Too funny. And so I learned a lot from him about what not to do with sheep. Uh, and then uh, uh, I visited New Zealand 17 times, is probably the sheep capital of the world. At one time when we were there, the first time, there were 42 million sheep plus wow. with a population of 4.5 million people. I was going to say. So, uh, and I studied uh, uh, sheep from their standpoint and watching the shepherds. And um, so I draw these parallels, these uh, metaphors, these um these illustrations as we look at sheep uh, because they're different than most farm animals. You know, they really don't have a way to protect themselves. They have to trust in the shepherd. They're Mm. timid and they they rely on the skill and knowledge of the shepherd to guide and direct them to the proper places and experiences. Yeah. That's good. We've often heard that without without having a shepherd sheep would be in big trouble. And you know what, yeah. uh, as much as we may not want to be at least thinking about ourselves as being sheep, oftentimes we are. And I, that's why I think this book is going to speak into that need for people to have a place where they can put their trust and keep it in Christ. You know, David went through a little bit of a pandemic as you were talking Jim. I was thinking about this because after he was a shepherd and he was Capped to be the next king. It was like 13 years of running for his life, mm. uh, spending time in a cave by himself in isolation, uh, living in fear. Uh, all those things kind of parallel in some way as a pandemic. And for him, it, it was a personal pandemic, but it was still a, a unique time in his life that uh, has a lot to offer in those handful of verses in this in this great psalm, that's for sure. Mm. Who's your audience? You usually write to men, right? I mean, your other 17 books are primarily written to men. This one, same, different? No, it it was really written to anybody and everybody. Uh, It was written from a grandfather's heart. Uh, Ah, A heart to that this is a storybook, a gift book, if you will. It's a smaller book. It's only 100 pages. Uh, But it's the kind of book that you could walk into a grandchild's bedroom uh, and sit down there as they're trying to drift off to sleep and share with them the stories of sheep and the stories of the shepherd and Mm -hmm. how that relates to our shepherd how Christ watches over us. So it was really written with the heart to be a book used with a whole family that 
whoever is speaking to someone who is dealing with stress or worry or chaos or disorder in your life. You know, when we think of chaos, the reason I use the word chaos, and I've used that in a couple book titles that I've done, is the word chaos really talks about that utter confusion or disorder, you know, that lack of organization in our life. And boy, don't we kind of feel that in America? Mm, yeah, sure do. And, you know, and in, in ancient times, the Roman culture kind of was at that same point. Yep. And unless we change our ways, we're going to be, America is going to be like Rome. We're going to cease to exist as a power uh, and whatnot. And when we think about, uh, you know, without going through the whole psalm, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David starts with the premise that we need a shepherd. And I spend, the, I, the book's broken into six chapters for the six verses. And then after he talks about that, he says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside quiet waters. Mm. You see, again, the, the uh, just one metaphor I'd give you is that, you know, sheep are fearful of water, especially moving water. They have a phobia against water. They cannot swim. Think about it. You're a big old sheep, big old <laughs> fat sheep with fleece on you. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is get wet. <laughs> and in the Eastern shepherding and culture uh you know there's rivers there uh that uh present a problem so the shepherd they relied on the shepherd to do one of several things either bring them to an eddy where the water got calm and they could go down and 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 take in water or the shepherd would take his staff in the sand and and make a canal to bring out a pool dig out a pool away from that running water because they wouldn't want to go near the river. And so they relied on that shepherd uh, to uh, take the uh, stress out of their, their watering. Uh, and yet they needed that refreshment. They needed that comfort. Uh, and then it says, uh, leave me beside still waters. Uh and, and uh, the idea of that whole, uh, another metaphor is the green pastures. You know, when you think of green pastures, um, in that barren land, in the Eastern culture, the greener pastures were down in the valleys and canyons, kind of in, in shadow areas. Well, what was in the shadow areas? There was a lot of boogeymen for the sheep. That's yep. where the predators yep. hung out. That's where uh, uh, things could go wrong, that uh, the mud or they could get stuck in the mud and, and then the predators would get them. So they needed the shepherd to lead them to the right places to feed in those green pastures. And so it is in our life. We need a shepherd that can lead us to the refreshing water of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And through God's word, through prayer, meditation, through friends, whatever. And then we need a place to go to for green pastures, uh, time to get away and, and rest, time to uh, refresh yourself in those areas. And uh, God's word does that for us. Wow. That's great. Um, when 
Uh, now we're recording prior to the launch, of course, uh, of the podcast and also of the book. But when will the book be out? The book should be uh, hitting the marketplace in uh, September, October. Okay. Uh, so it even as this prod- podcast uh, is developed, uh, we should in October have. Uh, this book available on our website, on Amazon. Um, it should be around. That's great. We'll put a link to the uh, the bookstore on the uh, show notes so people can grab that easily and click on it and buy it. Clearly, this is a great gift book, uh, one that we can give away not just at Christmas, which is just around the corner, but one that we could give away to friends as well. So, uh, I appreciate, Jim, you taking the time to uh, follow your heart and uh, pull, it, pull it together for uh, us to be able to use not only in our own lives, but the lives of those that we love and care about, because I think that would be absolutely tremendous. I think there's something fun about this book as well. It's not only being produced in English. What else? Uh, it's going to be in Spanish. And, you know, for us people that are disciples trying to follow uh, Christ, the mark of a good sheep is its ability to hear the shepherd's voice. And John 10, 3, it says, a sheep listen to his voice. He calls on his own sheep by name and leads them out of harm, harm's way, really. And, uh, and you know, I, I can kind of do a, a conclusion at the book. At the end of the book, I talk about Jesus is more than adequate. The shepherd stills his sheep, the shepherd saves his sheep, the shepherd steers his sheep, the shepherd safeguards his sheep, the shepherd serves his sheep, and the shepherd seeks his sheep. Mm -hmm. And as disciples, and particularly men as fathers, we have that responsibility. That's right. That's good. That's a great, that's a great wrap right there. Listen. Um, this has been a great topic. This is uh, encouraging, and I haven't even read the book. This is encouraging to uh, to hear your heart, Jim, as you've uh, talked through this whole process. Uh, and I'm I'm imagining how uh, it's resonating with those who are listening as well, and how they're going to want to grab it for themselves, and then a handful more for uh, for Christmas gifts as well for people that they love going forward. So we want to thank you for that. Uh, if someone uh, wants to connect, clearly we have our contact at mensministrycatalyst.org. They can do that anytime. And Jim, I know you are available to encourage and love on people as you uh, always do. We appreciate it. Great topic. Great time today. Thank you very much. Just a reminder, our episodes are launched on the first and third Thursdays, except for the bonus episodes, which are the fifth Thursday, which is today. If you have not yet subscribed, please do so on our website or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. We'll continue to release these um, here shortly. Another one will come out next week as well. So we look forward to being uh, part of that. Thank you again for joining us today. You are the reason we exist. We do all of this for pastors and leaders of men, as we said earlier, because every man deserves a chance to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God. Watch for Stand